Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. And we have a special guest on today's episode, the Michigan Insider's Bryce Marich, which is under the 24-7 sports umbrella. Bryce, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Bryce is well-connected in, in all areas of Michigan recruiting, and you can follow him on Twitter at Bryce Marich, B-R-I-C-E-M-A-R-I-C-H, or sign up for a subscription for the Michigan Insider. I want to talk a little bit about the 2022 class in a bit, but but let's start off with 2021. Michigan finally landed a running back in the in the 2021 class, but it wasn't Donovan Edwards. It was Texas three-star Tavier Dunlop. What's the impact of Dunlop's commitment, and will it have any impact on, on Edwards' decision? So with Dunlop, he's a four-star running back from 24-7. We're really high on him. Um, out of the Lone Star State down in Texas, all credit to Jay Harbaugh. He's been on him since they offered, I want to say, in May. Um, and he's a guy that they've been constantly talking to, been on even with Donovan Edwards, the top overall target for Michigan, the 2021 class, uh, West Bloomfield. But with in terms of impact, and that was the thing everyone wanted to know, so what, what's going to happen with Donovan? How is he going to react now that there's another running back in the class? There will be no effect. This is something that as we, the two of us, and probably even everyone knows, you know, Michigan probably talked to Donovan and said, hey, how do you feel about if we took another running back? And so he has, at the schools he's looking at right now, some of those schools are looking to take a second running back anyways. Um, and Georgia has a running back committed. That's one of his other top schools he's looking at, along with Oklahoma and a few others. So it shouldn't have any impact. This is something Michigan has been very transparent, clear about, said, listen, we want to take another running back. They only took one running back in the past two recruiting cycles, so they need running backs in this class. Some guys will be gone. They need to reload. And so with Tavier Dunlap, Michigan is extremely high on him. They like how he uh, can impact this offense. They think he's a guy that can – play quite a bit and do stuff out the backfield, catch the ball, block really well. He's a guy comes from a fertile recruiting hotbed in Texas. Anytime you get a, get a guy in Texas, that's always a big win. So they look at it as a win-win. And in recruiting, you never want to be left at the altar with no one. So right. I'm not saying Michigan won't get Donovan because I think right now I'm predicting they will. But let's say they don't. Now you still have a running back in this class. 24-7 has him listed at 6 feet, 196. He ran a 40-yard dash in 4.63 seconds. So he's got some speed to him, clearly. He's got some size. Um, I think one of your analysts wrote that he, he could get up to 220 pounds. Uh, is it, I don't know how much tape you watched of him, but is he more of a power guy? Or is, is, he, is he like a Chris Evans type? How would you, I guess, compare him to Michigan's team now? You know, I think he's a guy that has the flexibility to do both. I want to say he's more of a guy that would be – in between the tackles, um, but he has that um, ability to bounce outside as well and not be caught. You know, you mentioned the four six. I was told actually he's running faster than that at the moment. So, you know, that was a time that had been previously recorded, I want to say, as a sophomore. Um, so he's actually gained speed and gone, you know, and he's has the frame, like you said, to bulk up and not lose that acceleration. So he's the guy, again, the – they really love. They think he can fit perfectly in the speed and space offense. And he's a guy that, like I said, he can catch the ball out of the backfield too. So he's a win-win. 
Yeah, Dunlop becomes Michigan's 21st commitment in the 2021 class. And uh, the, the recruiting p- period was just extended through January 1st on Wednesday. And I mean, that, that's that's a big deal for a lot of these a lot of these commits and, and recruits that haven't even been to campus yet. How do you see this affecting some of Michigan's top remaining targets and, and any of their current commits at all? So I think with every recruitment and with every situation, it's different. You know, some guys who are closer, like Donovan, he's been to Michigan and stuff like that. And he's been trying for the longest time to get out to these schools and see them. Now this makes it extremely difficult. This is where he would have to take one of these self-guided unofficial visits. So on his own, and he couldn't talk to the coaches if he went to any campus. You know, he couldn't go in any of the buildings, really. He could just walk around as just a normal person. And so you're not getting that same experience. You're not really getting that same feel. It's tough. And so in a way, I think that helps Michigan with a Donovan Edwards, another in-state guy, uh, Rashawn Benny, four-star defensive tackle um, from Oak Park, Michigan, uh, is really high on. They actually like him. He's a two-way uh, alignment, but Michigan likes him on the defensive line. So, And he actually prefers that. So it's a win-win again with that. And uh, he's the guy that has over 30 scholarship offers. And, uh, you know, Michigan – with being so local and so close. I know he's been up there and has taken one of those self-guided unofficial visits during the pandemic. So that's the benefit of having guys close by. But then there's guys like Sierra Wright, four-star cornerback from Loyola, same high school as David Long, uh, Michigan uh, corner that went on to play for the Rams and then the NFL now. He's in Cali. That's kind of a tough trip now, especially if you can't do anything, if you do decide to come up here. So that's going to hurt them in that situation. So, you know, it it depends on, it varies from each uh, recruitment. So I want to say it's a positive and negative. And in terms of the class, it helps, but at some guys it doesn't. I think that's a guy to watch is Jaden Hood, four-star linebacker down in Florida, never took a visit to Michigan, just committed. I know he's got Miami. He's got all the Florida schools really coming at him hard down in SEC territory. So that's a guy that it's tough because Michigan wants to do as best they can to keep him. But if they can't get him up on a visit, you know, how many guys are are really going to want to come when they don't even know what their future home is going to look other than maybe a virtual visit. So there's stuff to watch there, but it's a win. It's it's a positive and a negative in certain aspects. Bryce, what, what's been the, the recruiting pitch from the assistant coaches to these recruits out of state that can't necessarily can't come up to campus and, and visit Ann Arbor? What are they showing them? What are they telling them? What's, I guess, what are they doing to try and convince them to come to, to come to Michigan? So, you know, every college or, you know, college staff has had to get very creative during this pandemic because, like you said, they don't know, they can't do much. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys are, you know, doing these virtual visits, showing him, you know, what the campus looks like. They're going through Zoom calls with multiple coaches on a call talking to them about positional stuff they could do. They're doing chalk talks, even showing, I know Don Brown, all the assistants have showed um, and coordinators have shown different ways they could be using offense or defense from Michigan. So they're doing the best they can to show what they could be like and what their future could be like at Michigan. But like, you know, and like we all know, it's not the same as physically being there or physically experiencing a game day in the big house. So um. Michigan's doing the best they can, you know, they're sending the graphics, they're sending, they're doing everything they can possibly. But um, 
you know, as far as the impact it has, I'm not sure, but so far, so good. Again, it's a top 10 class in the 2021 recurring cycle. So it can't be doing that bad. Yeah. And currently ranked number eight overall. Um, when it's all said and done, what do you think the possible ceiling is for this class and maybe the floor if they don't hit on, on some of their, their top lit remaining 2021 targets? I always was a big fan of this class. Um, the first two commits were top 100 guys, quarter, five-star quarterback J.J. McCarthy and top 100 four-star offensive tackle Giovanni Ohati. Um, that's a good foundation for any class to start off with. So it was always going to go up from there, in my opinion. I really like what they've done in the trenches, particularly um, on the offensive line, defensive line. And, and for my opinion, that's where you win games. They've gotten a lot of their top targets for each position. And, um, you know, they're looking good for a couple of their other top targets right now. Like I said, one of the top defensive linemen, Rashawn Benny from Oak Park, the top running back target, Donovan Edwards. So if they can close on some of these guys, it can be one of their top classes that Jim Harbaugh has ever brought in. Ann Arbor. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned the offensive line there. I mean, their offensive line recruiting started off really hot this 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 cycle. I mean, Alani Giovanni Alhadi and then and getting the four-star Ray Crippens and, and the Raheem Andersons and then the three-star Tristan Bounds, who sounds like a, a project type, but he's got that the body type that could really project to the next level. But then I mean, you look at some of the guys they were still on, like Rocco Spindlers and, and some of the other guys. Drew Kendall's now lo- looks like he's heading elsewhere. Is there a little bit of concern there that they weren't able to close on, on some of those top O line targets that that at some point were all projected to, to head to Michigan? There could be a little concern there. I could see why fans would be anxious and you know say what the heck happened but again like you mentioned the four guys they have in the fold are top mm-hmm. guys um, and the guys they brought in previous classes are extremely good they're producing well I've heard early reports saying they're really looking good one of the guys from the last year's class Zach Zinner looks like he's going to be a top guy for them in years to come offensive tackle from Massachusetts so right now you know and if you're going to miss I'm not saying you want to miss anywhere, but from how well they have been recruiting the offensive line in years, this is one area you can kind of afford to miss a guy here and there. And, you know, like I said, there's sometimes you find walk-ons even, you know, with offense. I mean, Graham Glasgow, you know, so I mean, it's possible you can fill in guys here and there. You prefer not to, but Michigan has recruited the position and the unit so well, you can see guys now take their time and be able to develop. like a Ryan Hayes, you know, where maybe years ago he would have had a step in and play from day one that would have impacted his uh, development. Now he took his time and he looks like he could be a top guy and maybe a guy that could go on to have a pro career as well. So I wouldn't be too overly concerned with office line recruiting. Bryce, on, on that note, how much are these recruits kind of paying attention to the depth chart in front of them? I mean, off, the offensive line at Michigan has a ton of young guys, whether it's freshmen, retro freshmen. I have to I have to think that comes into some factor with some of these high-profile top-line offensive line recruits, right? It's huge. You know, that's one of the things I think affected Drew Kendall or Drew Kendall and uh, Rocco Spindlers. I think they looked at that and they said, you know, hey, I don't know when I'm going to be able to play. And another thing to take into note, some of these guys have talked to me is the year of eligibility. Now these guys are keeping. So now, you know, they're thinking, okay, I'm coming in and these guys are going to be a year older. Well, not anymore. With the season, they're keeping that. So it's like, I'm going to have to wait longer. And only five guys can play in 
you know, there's only so many guards that can play and only so many. So that's one thing that hurts. But Michigan has done a good job countering that argument with look how many guys we've sent to the NFL. I mean, we just had four of our eligible guys. Now the fifth guy, Jalen Mayfield, projected to go to the NFL. If you come here, don't worry. It might take a little time to get on the field, but you're going to go to the league. So there's good and bad with that. But, yeah, that is something that some guys are taking into account with their decisions. This is an, an un, unprecedented cycle and, and the factors these these commits are are dealing with. And I know we spoke about this before, about there's probably going to be more decommitments across the country this cycle. And a Michigan received its first in the class last week in, in three-star wide receiver Marcus Allen. Kind of surprised me because it doesn't seem like there was many rumblings regarding this. I mean, were you surprised at all to, to hear about his decommitment? A little. You know, I, I don't think this was one that many saw coming. But at the same time, I think, you know, you have to also look at Michigan has stacked up in the wide receiver position. They have three guys at the time, four committed. Um, who knows how long it would took him to see the field. And, you know, maybe that's something that factor in his decision. I'm not 100% sure with that. But it, in any case, you know, I think Michigan is comfortable with what they have right now. I know they have looked at several other guys to possibly take in the 2021 class, but they feel good with also the 2022 class crop of wide receivers. So I don't think they're overly concerned. I think it is a loss, but I don't think it's one they can't overcome and come back from. So, so do you think, I mean, they would be content with with signing three in, the, in, in this class, or do you think they're going to push hard to try and add a, a fourth again? They're pushing for a uh, few couple guys there. I don't, know how hard they're going to push and I don't know if right now they're not in any position I would say they lead or in their top group to land these guys so I think that also dictates how hard you push because if I know I can push and I'm going to get this guy you might push a little harder but if you don't think you're going to get that guy maybe that push isn't as hard so I don't think the concern is to push as hard but if let's say a guy a top guy rises up and he wants to come to Michigan I don't think they would say no Bryce, while we're on the receivers, I want to ask you about Andrew Anthony. Obviously, he made headlines last month because he, he was long, a longtime Michigan State uh, target. Uh, he was projected to go there by most folks, and then all of a sudden he flipped to Michigan. Now, obviously, he's not ranked highly. You know, he's a three-star kid. I think he's top, you know, 550 in, in the class. What were some of the things that, that changed his mind, uh, and where do you foresee him kind of fitting into Michigan's, uh, Michigan's uh, receiver room, at, you know, in the future? So, of Andrew Anthony, he's a guy I actually saw as a junior in high school. Very fluid, very smooth uh, route runner. He's not the biggest guy. He needs to add weight to his frame, um, but extremely athletic. I mean, I know the Michigan basketball staff has talked to him about possibly maybe a roster spot or maybe walking out or something along those lines. I'm not sure if that would happen, but that just shows more to his athleticism and ball skills. But he's a guy that Michigan's really high on. I think he would be an outside target for them because – uh, possession target. Um, I don't know if they need really a slot. They have several slot guys. They're pretty full in terms of that. Um, they got Xavier Worthy, a top 100 four-star wide receiver coming in, who's also probably going to fill one of those roles in the slot as well. So he's going to be a target on the outside that they think they can develop. He's a guy too that Josh Gaddis has really built a good rapport with, not just him, but the family. And that's something that's carried along throughout the recruitment. I know Michigan State pushed really hard and said, listen, you're going to be the crowd jewel of our class if you come there. But Michigan said, you know, listen, like we got just as good, you know, we, we're offering quite a bit of stuff. And Jim Harbaugh made an extremely strong push as well. And one of the things his parents talked to me about was 
how they really took into account that the whole coaching staff came to one of his high school basketball games. And they're like, you know, you don't see Jim Harp at a high school basketball game quite a bit. That's rare, you know? And so I think when this is one of the recruitments that actually Michigan state might've won if it wasn't for Mark D'Antonio, um, his staff, I don't think did a great job. And Mel Tucker's staff did actually do a really good job, but because they came in so late and Michigan had established that pre-existing relationship that won out in the end. So it's a big win for Michigan. And it also in a way it hurts Michigan state too, as one of the top guys they're hoping to land. Is there a guy in this 2021 class that you think has, has been severely underrated so far or isn't really talked about enough that, that you think could that ha- make a serious impact at the next level? So a guy I really like is from Clayton North Mountain. He's actually Marcus Allen's teammate, who uh, Marcus Allen, who just decommitted, we just talked about Rod Moore, safety. Um, really big, fluid, got great ball skills. He's shown the ability to come downhill and really attack. And one of the things in Michigan's defense that I know fans want to see from the safeties is can you cover? Can you line up and not be overwhelmed with a KJ Hamler or some of these guys and just be blown away and smoked? And he's shown the ability to do that. Um, he's a sure tackler. And he's the guy right now I think we have as a middle three-star, maybe high three-star, but I think he's more of a four. And I think he's also a guy that Michigan can take the time with developing and working and putting like an incubator let him, you know, do his thing. And finally, a couple of years down the road, blossom and be one of the stars for Michigan. You know, they brought in a top safeties the past few recruiting uh, cycles, RJ Moan, Markari Page, a couple other guys like that. So he's got time where he could come in and doesn't have to play right away. And I think that will help his development. But in terms of what I've seen out of high school, he's a top guy in the state of Ohio. And I think he's one that Michigan stole from the Buckeye State. Moving on to, to 2022, I and mean, they have two commitments right now. Who are some guys that, top 100 guys, that are would probably be at the top of the board for Michigan? And if they land them, that would be huge, huge gets for the Wolverines in, in that cycle. So one of the guys talking about teammates, J.J. McCarthy is former teammate. Tyler Morris, he's a four-star wide receiver from Nazareth Academy. Um, he's a cop, top guy that Michigan's been on for a long time. I know I got a crystal ball on favoring Michigan there. And he's the guy, six foot 175, can play more inside, outside, but he has that ability to play on the outside as well. And he's a top guy in Illinois, which, as we all know, Michigan has done extremely well in that state, landing the top guy the past few cycles from Trevor Keegan, 2019, 2020 of A.J. Henning. And now, if you count J.J. McCarthy in 2021 class, so he's a guy that they really like doing well with. Miles Rouser, who's a former one-time Michigan commit. He's the younger brother of Andre Sheldon. Um, he was at IMG Academy. He's transferred back to Belleville High School, where he was before he transferred down to Florida. Uh, but he's a top 100 guy, guy that can play in the back end of defense. Again, a sure tackler, downhill. And he's shown the ability to cover multiple spots in the defense um, on the back end. So they really like him. And the third guy is a guy all the way up in Traverse City, another top two, two, four, seven line linebacker, Joshua Burnham. Um, his family is huge fans. He's a big fan of Michigan. Uh, linebacker coach Brian Jean Marie. I think I'm saying his last name right. I don't know if I have good enough French there, but um, 
he's uh he's a guy that Michigan he's been really actively recruiting since um, getting to Ann Arbor, and so he's a guy that it fills up the stat sheet. He's a plug in the middle. He can go sideline to sideline, and he's a guy that fits kind of the mold of what Don Brown wants in his linebackers. The guy that can come down, be explosive, drop back in coverage, and do everything. He's like a Swiss Army knife. So those are three guys to keep in mind for next year's cycle. I, I know a lot's been talked about uh, about how much talent is in the state of Michigan for this 2021 20, class, but it seems like I mean, there's Will Johnson, a five-star or cornerback out of Gross Point South. Too. It seems like there's a lot of top guys in this 2022 class, too. I mean, how would you compare the, the amount of talent in, in the state of Michigan in, in those two classes? Is it pretty similar? I would say the 2022 class, I've been saying this, I think it's a little deeper than wow. 2021 class. And I know uh, the 2021 class is very high. It's got its top end. It's got a lot of good talent. But I think this is more deeper. I think it's not just a few guys here and there. Like you said, Will Johnson, so Wolverine legacy. His dad, Deion Johnson, played in, I want to say, the 80s or 90s um, for the Wolverines in the secondary. And he's obviously a top guy. I think he's one of the top corners in all of the country. So, yeah, Michigan is doing work. They've offered several guys in the junior class there, and they've already laid down the foundation, and they're trying to, they're putting a big emphasis on trying to keep these guys home and letting them know if you come here, you're going to succeed, like an Ambry Thomas, like a Jalen Mayfield, who came here. Now they're going on to the pro level, the next level. So, look, they did it. You can do the same. Bryce, got to ask about the top guy in 2021, obviously, J.J. McCarthy, five-star quarterback. Uh, we, I saw, we watched him a couple of weeks ago in his season debut at IMG. He looked fantastic. Uh, is he the transformational quarterback you think Jim Harbaugh needs to kind of get Michigan over the top? Because, you know, Jim's brought in some top guys. I mean, he brought in Brandon Peters. He was pretty heralded. Uh, but, you know, J.J. seems to be on another level and, and, and from a talent perspective and just from a, from a size perspective, too. One of the things with JJ that really uh, impresses me is he's he plays beyond his years. He's very mature. He's very poised. He takes his craft very serious. He works on it, and that was one of the reasons he moved down to IMG. Is one he wanted to roll early, but two he just wanted to play football. To say Illinois is not playing high school football at the moment. I don't know if they will in the spring. That's uh, wait to see there. But he's the guy that has all the traits. He can make all the throws. He's got the arm strength. He can, has the mobility to where if, you know, the pocket breaks down, he can make a move. I saw in his first high school game against Venice, he juked out one of the linebackers and picked up extra five, 10 yards there. So he can do everything. And he's the guy, you know, that he's a five-star talent, obviously. The whole country wanted him. And he really connected with Ben McDaniels, the quarterback's coach, Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh. He really likes how he fits in the offense. He thinks he can succeed. And he's a guy that's going to throw it around, sling it around. And he hit, I want to say, eight to nine wideouts or tight ends or running backs in that first game. So he's not afraid to spread the love, too, which is a good thing as well in this speed and space offense. So I want to I want to get my hopes up, though, once he comes in right away. Of, let's say he plays, you know, give him some time, let him learn the playbook. But he's a guy that can come in and really take this offense to another level. Yeah, it's, it seems like, I mean, I'm sure he expects to, to come in right away and compete for a starting job, but you think that that's what the mission staff is looking at too? Is that, hey, maybe this guy is it, could be in the conversation to start as, as, as a true freshman or, or second year at, at Michigan? It's possible. I mean, we've seen top guys make it to a 
Trevor Lawrence, some of these younger quarterbacks now where they've made an impact. So I want to rule out the book. I want to uh, say that wouldn't happen, but I don't think um, that's initially the plan. I know Michigan kind of wants to wait on it. I know Jim Harbaugh, every quarterback he's brought in, he's kind of taken his time, worked on them. They haven't just came in first year and played, you know, they've worked under a system, learned from him, taken their time. And he's such a special talent keep him off the field so we'll have to see about him good deal Bryce Aaron anything else that's all I got great insight once again and appreciate you joining us today anytime thank you guys